0: Welcome back to another episode of Our Trumpet Life, a podcast focused on teaching, learning, and sharing all things trumpet in a positive atmosphere. I'm Ben McCarthy, one of the co-hosts, and I'm a teacher and performer in the Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area of Virginia.
1: And I'm Derek Watson, a freelancer in the Northern Colorado, Denver area.
2: And I'm Chris Navarrete, i the director of bands over at the California State University of Chico.
3: And I'm David Moore, instructor of trumpet at Milliken University and a freelancer in the Central Illinois area.
2: All right. Welcome back, class. This is Theory 101. Please open your pages to 394. We are going to talk about calculus and all that pertains to rocket science on the board. Please, no chewing gum, masks on at all times. Make sure you use the hand sanitizer when you walk in the door. Because today, our Trumpet Life episode is going to talk about the new student experience. Gosh, remembering back to my first day on campus as an undergrad. First things first, you don't know anybody. And it's probably the scariest feeling. You're 100 miles away from your home, or maybe thousands of miles away. And I just remember going to campus and wishing that I had looked up my classrooms the week before. (laughs) I didn't know where anything was. So here I am at 7.30 in the morning. I know it's in this building. And I'm looking around, it's in the PAC. Okay, cool, what room number is this? And I'm scrounging around. I lose the little piece of paper that has all my class schedules on it. And I just remember walking in three minutes before and all the back seats are taken, so I have to sit in the front of the classroom. And it was probably the most nerve-wracking experience, introduction, should I say, to my college experience. What about you guys? What a <laughs> what's what's your fond memory of your first experience on campus
3: well I don't really have a very vivid memory of my first day as an undergrad however I remember like it was yesterday when I moved out from Oklahoma to Colorado and it actually wasn't the first day of school it was um, I was a graduate assistant for the jazz department and we had a, a they always would do a jazz TA retreat uh, before classes start, just to kind of get introduce you to everyone and give you a rundown on the program and what your duties will be. And I remember coming from a really small school and, you know, driving up the mountain. They would always hold it in a cabin in Estes Park. So I come from this really small school. You know, I walk into this cabin that's filled with all these other graduate students, you know, masters and doctorate students. And we just start talking about all this stuff that we're doing. And I, I just remember feeling so overwhelmed by the amount of information they were giving me and the amount of work that I was, you know, going to going to be doing. And, you know, I, I met like some really great people there, Brian Claxton and Joel Harris. They were also first year um, master's students and they, you know, came walking at the same time. so we I made some fast friends, but, Uh, they definitely threw you in the fire. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed at first.
0: I think feeling overwhelmed is, it's a very natural feeling when you're going to a new school. And one of the stories I wanted to share, actually, I think was kind of a result of also feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, this was when I was at UNC. It was my first experience actually in front of all you guys. And I'm playing the Onager Entrada. And when I set the music down on the stand, I put... The second page upside down, and I didn't even notice it at the time. And so I started playing. I'm going through it, and at the very bottom of the page of the onegin, try to it carries over onto the music, like your melody carries over onto the second page. So it wasn't until then, that moment, that I realized that the second page was upside down. <laughs> and so that gives me anxiety. Now. I know. I started freaking out, but and I tried my best, and I think I got maybe like two lines into the second page before I gave up and I was like, there's no way I can actually read this upside down all the way through. But that was a, it was a very humbling experience. And I think, you know, David just kind of going back to feeling overwhelmed, like when you're in front of a bunch of people that you don't know all these new faces, like I would normally take the time to set everything up the way that I would want to do it, you know, and then get myself in the proper headspace. But it kind of gets you a little, you know, unseated and you feel uncomfortable. And there really is no reason to feel uncomfortable. I I know that the trumpeters have this persona of always being very judgmental or I'm a better trumpet player and I'm going to sit there and just kind of, you know, and judge everything that you play or whatever. Or maybe this is just in my mind. This is how I perceive trumpet players. But I think that that's more common. But, I mean, in essence, it's a learning experience. And there's really nothing to to be afraid of. And I feel the same way with teachers. My first lesson ever, I remember feeling so nervous, even just knocking on that door to go into the lesson because it it was new. I had taken lessons, but with people I had known. So going to that first lesson was really nerve wracking. But again, like that's another situation where you make it out to be more than it needs to be. You know, the teacher's there to help you. And there's nothing to be afraid of you're going there to learn, and I think that's that's a hard mindset to become adjusted to, but the quicker that you can get to that state where you're you're there to learn, there's nothing to be afraid of, the more comfortable that transition will become
1: yeah, that's so true. There really isn't anything to be afraid of, although it you know of course doesn't feel that way at the time. I have an interesting story, and I think that the people listening might find this funny, but the last time I was a new student, I was coming into a school where the three of you were already there and had known each other and I was the new student. Uh And I know no one can tell because I'm clearly like the leader of the four of us. Like I'm the leader of this friend group. So everyone's <laughs> probably like, oh, he wasn't the new guy, but I was, I was the new guy. I'm just that cool. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> No. So I jumped in and I was absolutely terrified. And I came from a very small town. And then I went to a very small school uh, for my undergrad and my master's where I I was the only trumpet major in most years. And then I'm going to a school that at the time had like 30. And it it was a big jump. It was the first school that I'd ever gone to that had doctoral students. I mean, I I came in and the three of you guys were getting your doctorates and that already was terrifying uh that i had to go and he- listen and play in front of people who were getting doctorates and even though i had gotten accepted and was going to be doing that to me i thought oh well this is a sham and they don't know that i can't play and i'm here and <laughs> i'm gonna have to listen to these guys who can i don't know play Carnival of venice upside with their trumpet upside down and all this stuff, you know, but I, I showed up and I think the f- the first two people I actually met in the whole studio were Chris and David because they were doing some TA work and they were really nice, but it was a pretty quick encounter. And then I met all three of you guys again, well, Ben for the first time in the studio class. And I remember being so terrified that I was going to have to play and I didn't, fortunately I didn't have to play. But I was just, I was so terrified. And I remember Chris especially. Chris is just like a very kind of, he has a bubbly personality. And so he was coming and talking to me. I kind of separate myself from the rest of the class and kind of sit off on the side. I was, there weren't too many new students coming in that year anyway. But Chris came and talked to me. David came and talked to me. I think Ben, you actually sat by me. So we ended up getting close pretty darn quick, but I was absolutely terrified for no reason because now the three of you guys are three of my best friends and like, I can't imagine being scared now, you know, but it really was a terrifying, terrifying experience and there was no reason for it to be. I think it's just one of those things you have to push through it and know that these, the people that are there, They really aren't judging you. Yeah, they want to hear how you sound. But if you got up and played terribly, they'd say, okay, that's all right. That's it. No one's out there wanting you to fail. And and that's including the teacher, of course, and then also the students. So just know that it's okay to be scared and terrified, but you just got to keep going. And you're going to make friends pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I think we've come back to this concept many times, but the fear of the unknown and that I really believe that this plays a role here as well, where you're walking into a situation that you are uncomfortable with because you've never experienced it before. And in reality, people understand that you've never experienced it before and people are not, they don't have high expectations for something that you've never had to go through before. So The reality of it is there really isn't anything to be afraid of, and it is okay. You know, it is okay to make mistakes. It's a new experience, and everyone has a new experience at some point. We all have a first something, and that first step is going to be the step towards finding comfortability, and the quicker that you can make that transition, the easier it's going to be in the long run.
1: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I know this would be the case with myself, that even if I were to... I'm going into college and I pull up the latest episode of our trumpet life and I see that there's a podcast about being a new student and I'm hearing these words right now. I still think I would be terrified. So maybe I think it'd be cool. Like let's try to go around the circle and give, if you had to pick one action item that a new student could do to either insert themselves into the studio or into a friend group to help make this transition or A little quicker and less scary what would it be it's a give-and-take so there's folks that will come to you
2: or you go to the folks and you have to read the room and this is the beautiful thing about college it's like um, this is what if you want to make friends which you should you definitely want to make friends go go and talk to, to folks and just be interested in what they're doing people respond well to that you know and Uh, that's at least my approach when it comes to asserting myself into a new group of people. That would be my suggestion.
3: My suggestion would be to bring them over to your place and show them your insane collection of comic books.
1: (laughs) This seems like a very uh, personal suggestion (laughs) because you did that to me.
0: Yeah, he did it to me too. And me. (laughs) He actually, gosh, sorry, sorry, David, I'm going to cut in real quick and then give it right back to you. My first experience with David, he gave me a stack of probably 15 to 20 different Batman cartoons to watch. I know I just said that wrong, and it probably made you cringe inside, and that's okay. <laughs> I told him, I will watch this. I brought them home, and then I was thinking, there's no way I have any time to watch these things <laughs> at the beginning of the school year. But just the trust and friendliness, that was, that was a very, I thought, the gesture like,
3: it went a long way to our friendship. So, and I did return them all. In all seriousness, though, don't put yourself in a bubble. You know, make friends. Like, be forward. Talk to people. If you're a graduate student, if you get invited out to go grab a beer, go with them. You know, if 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 you're in one of the ensemble rehearsals and they ask you to go get some food, you know, go with them. Don't Don't put yourself in a bubble. Don't isolate yourself. And, you know, we talk about... Yeah, you want to make friends because making friends is is a right. It's a positive, good thing, but it's also important for your career because you 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 network. the you, The friends that you make are also going to be your colleagues, and that is that is establishing a professional network, right from get go.
1: That's funny, David, that you say that that if you get invited to go out and get a beer, go do it. And I felt like that was a personal attack, right there. And because I know that. <laughs> You and Ben invited me out several times and I didn't do it. I I tend to get uh scared and I we weren't fully friends yet. I realize now you guys were trying to make an effort to become friends and I was just shutting you down. I I don't honestly don't even remember why, but that's funny. So that was actually one of my was going to be my suggestion, but uh, from a more proactive standpoint, I was going to say that Take it upon yourself to find someone that you think you might get along with and ask them to go get coffee. Tell them you'll buy coffee. Hey, I'll buy you a coffee. If you're a grad student, you're of age, hey, I'll buy you a beer. And just to go talk, talk about the school, talk about the people in the studio, the professors in the school, talk about the types of music or expectations that are involved with the ensembles. There's I mean, there's so many things you can talk about your general interests, hobbies, sports, games. There's so many different things you can talk about. But just making that effort, especially as the new student, if you're asking someone who who knows the area, they know the friend, they know the studio and they're not going to have the the same types of insecurities that the new student is going to have. So the chances are they're going to say yes. And then the worst case scenario is that you don't like them and you spent a few bucks on coffee and that's, that's easy. So I would say be proactive and you initiate the first hang.
0: I really wanted to reiterate that point when David made it and I'm glad that you did because I think that that is so crucial to being a new student in a new school is being proactive to making friends because... I know as a you know, as a shy introvert myself that my first instinct is to wait for someone else to make that move. And you can't expect someone else to make that move. Just kind of going back to all that I was saying before about the fear of the unknown and then Derek kind of hit us with the, yeah, you say that, you, you say that it's okay. There's no reason to be afraid, but would you actually not be afraid? And I was thinking, man, if I had to go back to school right now, I'd be terrified. (laughs) Yeah. And that's just, it's just a natural feeling. There is no reason to be afraid. Yes, but it is a very natural feeling. And so I, I like this question. I think that, you know, trying to find ways to logically work around that makes sense. And, you know, I think everyone has kind of stated that so far, but being proactive in socializing seems to be one of the quickest ways to make that work.
2: I got a fun story talking about being proactive and trying to make friends. At UNC, they they have orchestra, and I had signed up for orchestra, and it was first day of orchestra and new student, and I just thinking like, okay, I know we're in this classroom. You know, I show up with a bunch of other new students that were there first year. I was a master's student, so I'm just like chilling there with all these undergrads. So I'm standing there, it's 10 minutes over, and I'm just thinking like, well, they must be running late. So I just start setting up chairs (laughs) because I'm like, well, they must be really late for the orchestra. I'm like, well, I might as well just do something proactive. And (laughs) so this is the first day, guys. I've never heard this story. Neither have I. No, no. Yeah, it happened. And... I just start doing it and then the undergrads start seeing me do it and they start helping me. So I have like 15 undergrads setting up orchestra and just try to put a good foot forward. And then nobody shows up and I go and search and just talk to somebody. I'm like, do you guys know where orchestra is at? They're not in here. They're like, oh, they're in foundation hall. Okay. So I put the chairs back. I go over there. I have no idea where I'm going. but. Long story short, I met a lot of people that way, and it was very memorable, and we all laughed at it once we got back, when we got to Foundation Hall, and I remember Dr. Guyver saying,
1: like, there's my orchestra. I was wondering where all the new recruits were coming from. <laughs> so. Did the person tell you when they told you it was in Foundation that Foundation was like a mile away?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we all, like, just... And I, you know, I was just walking around, and they knew where that. What was that for some for some reason? But I
3: didn't. So, was I in the orchestra when that happened?
2: You were, I believe so. Oh,
3: I think I was probably judging you as you walked in. Like, probably Look at this guy. Like, Who's this guy? <sighs> Got another Derek <laughs> Watson.
1: Well, I think since we mentioned a little bit about how no matter what we say, there's gonna, you, people are still going to be scared, and and that's just the way it's going to be. But I also think that there are ways that the students who are not the new students, so returning students, have an opportunity to also make these transitions a lot smoother for the new student. And I mentioned this in my previous story, that the three of you all made a lot of effort to make me feel welcome and not being too scared as best as you could. And I thought that was a valuable thing and again we did become friends very quickly because of that and i was wondering if we could maybe talk about that talk about how and what returning students can do to make this an easier transition
0: yeah this is i think this is where the conversation gets really interesting because i'm sure all of us having gone through being both the new student and a returning student have experienced this but so many times I remember sitting in that first studio class and it's really, it's awful to say, but sometimes it's like you, you have those new recruits come in and it's like a sizing up moment. It's like, okay, how good are these guys? Like, are they going to be competitive? You know, you're you just kind of like feeling it out. It's not a friendly way of approaching this. So one of the things that it was Judith Saxton, and this was in my master's program, one of the things that she did was she did a buddy system. And I know that sounds like it could be a little childish, but it worked so well. The way that she would do it is new students would be buddied up with a returning student. And the whole idea, and this was for the entire semester, the whole idea was you would check in on each other, see how practice is going. And you know it didn't have to be personal. There was no requirement for it to be personal. But, you know, obviously the thought is that there could be some kind of friendship there where you could, you know, look out for each other. I felt like that worked and I thought it was very effective. Now, whether or not that's for everybody, I don't know. I thought it was effective. And I think that if it's not a buddy system, like there's certainly other ways of, you know, employing the same concept where, As a returning student, you can be welcoming and nurturing to the new students in their transition to your studio. And honestly, when you think about it, it's better for you if the whole studio is working together. And, you know, you're not just competing against each other, but you're trying to help each other grow because that's going to reflect well down the road.
3: Yeah. And if you want, you know, if you want the ensembles to continue to sound, you know, to sound great. You know, you want the incoming students to be become you'll know, be strong players or become strong players. So, you know, like take it upon yourself to kind of mentor. Well, what one of our one of our old professors, Steve Kowalczyk yes, used to say something to the effect of you know you want all your friends and colleagues to succeed because the more success they have, the more weight your degree has because we're all coming from the same school. So, a degree from that school carries with it more prestige i guess would be maybe be a word so take it upon yourself to help out your younger comrades and arms as it as it were and if you're scared about people coming in and you know knocking you out of your spot in the band just you know practice and be like like me practice and just be the absolute best in the studio so you know
1: oh my god
2: it's a lot of truths coming out We got Derek, the leader, and David, the best player in this section. I was joking.
0: (laughs) We knew you were joking. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, that's good.
2: A, A fun thing to do if you're a returning student, and whether you're a sophomore or whatever year you are, and you know a new crop of students is coming in, have a text go out to the whole studio. And say, hey, let's do a barbecue or something and invite all the new guys, or
1: possibly let's go to the nearby burger joint or whatever. Ben, I really loved what you said about, or at least implied that the returning students also have an obligation to help the studio because you're a part of that studio, and the smoother it runs, the better it is for everybody, including yourself. And the sooner you can help the new students fit in to the studio and become a part of it, the better off everybody is because you also get to benefit from their input and the experience of just having a larger group or a more diverse group. So I think that's, that's such a huge point that I hope anyone listening to can really have that sink in because that I remember thinking after my first year at UNC and Yes, at UNC, we do have a lot of older students getting doctorate doctorate and other graduate degrees. So this is a topic that we get to talk about, and probably a little more often than a lot of studios with only undergrads. But we can take it upon ourselves. It doesn't just have to be the studio teacher. That if you can build this friend group and make the studio a solid, cohesive unit, it's going to be better for everybody and it will just allow for a better experience more learning more open learning learning from uh, other people's experiences and i think that it will it can just push your studio over the top and just your overall education experience
0: the teacher can play a huge role in this as far as setting up an environment where returning students have a system in place where they can then Help bring in the new students. I know that you know. In the past, we've and I mentioned the buddy system, but we've also had these this trumpet studio hang at the beginning of the year, where it's like apart from your studio classes, is just like hanging, and that that helps, I think. But having more than that, something that carries over into the rest of the school year, where you're, you're encouraging your students to interact with each other. And then having that interaction be between new and returning students can really help. Again, (laughs) it helps that transition so much. But that's the important part of this, because with new students, it does take time.
3: You know, I like this idea of the buddy system, Uh, not necessarily. Well, I, I think that that's really cool that Judith put that in place, but you know, just if you if your studio is proactive, you know they can ju- they can do that on their own. You know, grab grab one of the younger students or the, one of the new new incoming students and read duets with them. Uh, something that we used to do. And I I will preface this by saying that I'm not fan of the large group warm ups. I think those can are cool every now and then, but I think if that's what you're doing, or, or maybe group routines is the better way of saying it. If that's what you're doing you're not really practicing the things that you need to practice you know you're you're practicing what whoever the leader of this group is practicing which doing that a little bit is not bad but the but the camaraderie of getting together and i think that you could do that similar thing except instead of having it focusing around a routine you could focus around Duets, trios, quartets—something you could have like little competitions, you know, sight reading competitions, you know, etudes. I I think there are are cool ways that you can take that group situation and 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 make it a fun and valuable experience. Yeah, David. Actually, I I like that you brought up the point
0: of doing things with more than just a, a buddy because I think that even a buddy system can be a little intimidating at first, and like being paired up with just one person. So I like the idea of having a collective group that can center around either a project. You know, we've done NTC. So that's that's a phenomenal project to get involved in with some new students and will really help towards working them into the group. And then with the warm-up thing, I, I think I totally agree with you as far as using it as your warm-up was, to me, was... Not as effective as having your own personal warm up, but you're absolutely right. The camaraderie and the other kind of skills that you develop through group practice sessions or group anything sessions, those are invaluable. So I do think there's a place and a time for them. And it's really up to the students and the teacher to figure out what that could be. You, know, you can be creative, but I think that it's very helpful.
1: You know, I think, and I don't know if this is a hot take, maybe you guys can, I'd love to hear your reactions about this, but I think it's one of the studio teacher's main duties to help facilitate this sort of relationship within their studio, where it's led by the students, and they can kind of take, the studio teacher can kind of take a backseat role and teach the lessons you know overall logistics and things like that of course but that they are helping shape the studio to being the student-led thing where the students themselves get to take pride in their studio and the performance of themselves the, as individuals and as the group and that's what's really going to create that bonding experiences that make students invested in the studio and remember the studio and be helpful with each other and want to take it upon themselves to help new students and just other returning students and students that are going through difficult times all those things and i think that's one of the main jobs and unfortunately you can either do that actively in a encouraging way or you can have the studio unite against you either way i think it's leans towards them uniting and hopefully, you can help facilitate them growing together as a studio in a positive way without them having to do it by turning against you. <laughs> they will unite against you, so I think that's something to keep in mind that as a studio teacher, you can help lead students to lead within the studio.
3: I've a interesting perspective on this because i i mean i'm I'm no longer a student really i mean i i'm technically still enrolled a, still a student at unc so i'm about to finish that document and i still got to do the defense but i'm not really i'm not going to courses or classes i'm not on campus but it is my first year as a professor and you know that has its own well bag of crazy that makes you anxious so i'm i'm comparing this to what it was like being a a new student and I'm just going to try to take it in stride. But, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up, Derek, because something that I want to do, something that is the lessons I learned as a new student, I want to try to facilitate this you know, positive environment for my studio. You know, I want to create camaraderie. I want to take the good things that I experienced as a student and try to cultivate that in my own studio. And I've I've met some professors where they think their job is just to show up Give advice on how to play the trumpet, and then that's that's it, but I really believe it's so much more than that when you're a studio teacher, you are also a mentor and you are a you're a model for your new and older students and you know that's that's something that I'm thinking about've been thinking about a lot lately as we're moving into the the uh, fall semester
2: One area that I would suggest in preparation for the up and coming school year, and and this is my planning mindset, is of course map out all your classes, yes. But map out your day. Map out what you're going to do right when you get up, when you're gonna leave, what lunch you're gonna go, if you're gonna go out, if you're gonna bring a lunch. All that stuff can be taken care of ahead of time. And what that does is it frees up your mind to just be present because your mind's going to be going a million miles an hour to the point where you're probably not going to catch everything because it's new and that's fine, but there's some prep work that you can do and this I would suggest you do daily and then reflect at the end of the day what you learned, what you liked, anything like that. I, I, I would say this is... It, it may seem silly, but it, it will it'll
1: allow you to root yourself a little bit more. I think that's an incredible idea. Chris, that's gold. That's so valuable. And especially if you're going into your undergrad, this might be something you've never done before. And I'm absolutely all on that. I'm actually just going to kind of piggyback on that idea because I like it so much. Don't be afraid. If this is your first time scheduling, don't be afraid of it. Just do it and make the adjustments you need to make. Once you are getting into the routine that you set for yourself, you're going to find these spots where you're going to have to make adjustments. And that's okay. Make the adjustments. Easy as that. The other thing I would say about that is be very smart in scheduling when you're going to practice. Until you get used to all the responsibilities you're going to have and expectations on the horn, plan on practicing as much as you can and schedule it in that you know this is my daily schedule because you did you just did what chris said and here are some gaps i'm going to go practice here in between this class and then i'm going to practice in between this class i'm going to practice before class in the morning after class at night and and just set that because i mean realistically you're always going to need more time to practice. You're never always going to have enough time to practice, but have it on the board so that you don't have to find yourself the day or the two days before a lesson scrambling because you've just been working on ensembles or gigs or extracurricular groups. You just, you already have it planned out and you know the things you have to work on because you, again, You do what Chris said and you have a list and you're ready to go. And then you're in the practice room at those times every day, knocking it out. And then if you don't need to practice for some reason, because you, uh, I don't know, ran out of things to practice, then you can go take a break. But I think that's so great. The idea of just being fully planned out and ready to go.
0: So I was just thinking back to my undergrad experience. And if I had had that kind of system in place, like, scheduling my practice sessions out prior to even going like with my, my obviously with my class schedule and figuring out exactly when I was going to practice, where I was going to practice all of that, man, I just feel like I could have made so much progress faster and you know, that's living and learning, but that really is invaluable advice. Chris, just
2: add one more thing and that would be especially for a transition from high school to undergrad is check your email constantly <laughs> and, and get in the habit of answering your email constantly because it will never go away. What you want to do is get in the professional mindset because that's how colleges communicate. So email is the way to go, however, utilize the office hours. Don't be a stranger. This could be a great way to, one, gain some more confidence in any class. And there's tutors available for folks, for new students. Don't be afraid to use those. Resources Resources usually are free, provided by the university. Some do cost money depending on who you go through. But these resources, the last thing you want is to be feeling alone and bad at school. So at least be take care of business and go to a tutor or an office hour and most likely you'll learn how things work a little bit faster when you when you just jump right in
3: and you don't want to to get behind and let the work and let the things that you're doing snowball because it can feel well it's just this horrible feeling when when you you just feel like you're constantly you know getting work done at the last second you know for 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 things you never feel like you can get ahead Plan that stuff out. Like plan, you know, if you have a if you have a term paper coming up, don't write it the night before. You know, it's going to be a bad bad product, and more than likely the professor is not going to be kind about it and will make you either rewrite it or will just give you a bad grade on it. So, plan it out. Use the resources that are available for you. Know where you're going to park. Don't take parking for granted. That's a big one that people people don't think about you know, along with knowing where your classes are, you also need to time out how long it takes you to get from one class to another. And you might actually have to, if there's a class you're taking, you might have to switch to a different section of it because you might have a class in the music building and then you have five minutes to get to a science with a lab class, but it's on the opposite side of campus and there's no way you can walk there in five minutes. So you might have to actually go in and leave that class and enroll in a different section of that same class. So, you know, and this is all stuff that you should not be trying to do the first week of classes. This is something that you have done the week before classes even start. Just get in the habit of thinking long term. It's the same thing with practicing. A lot of young students, they're practicing, they're cramming like they do a math assignment for the lesson they have the next day. And that's not how you need to be doing this in college. You need to start shifting your mind to thinking about long-term goals. You're not practicing for tomorrow's lesson. You're practicing for the for next week's or the week's after or, or a lesson. You're practicing for your recital uh, at the end of the, the following semester. You know, and you need to get in the habit of thinking long-term.
2: One other thing that, David, you just reminded me about is the moment – that you see a conflict in your music classes, whether through it's a performance or a rehearsal, you let both professors know immediately. This will save so much headache later down the road. <laughs> I remember at UNC that happened a couple times, and it's not that, you know, it's a bigger school, whatever school you go to, especially the big ones, sometimes things they um, slip by scheduling wise. So if you're in two ensembles or with us it was three or four there's there might be a chance where you you know you have to be in two places at once and the moment you find that out and you make sure you write down all your performances your rehearsals down you let both professors know and then you figure it out and the best way to do that is just email <laughs> cc both of them direct it at both of them and just treat a professor as like, hey, I noticed a conflict. What are we gonna do about it? You know, And then just go from there. Let them hash it out.
0: Absolutely. You guys, I mean, such good points here. And I think that the biggest one is use your resources. You have so many resources available to you. And And really on that note, although we are out of time for today, we are a resource as well. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us and you can ask us anything relating to being a new student at a new school. We've all been through it at different levels, undergraduate master's and the doctorate levels. So use your resources and you can contact us at ourtrumpetlife at gmail.com, or you can reach us on any of our social medias, Facebook or Instagram. Thanks again. Happy practicing and see you next week.